0: It's always a real honour for me to, to bring the word to my church family, and I, I never take it lightly, and uh, I have a word that really, God's really impressed on my heart, stirred me, and I thought that's not just for me, that's for others, so I really know that someone's going to get a good touch today. Uh, obviously, uh, our theme this year is uh, a king and a cause. Um, you don't have to be here too long uh, to realise what we feel our cause is. We share the gospel every week, every, every sermon. Every meeting, we care about the gospel and, and uh, what that means. We just had a missions conference; that's a big deal to us too. So you should know what our cause is. We know that our King is King Jesus, yeah. our, our Savior. And so, but today I want to talk about living in the kingdom of God. You know, um, I'm an electrician, and uh, I know there's lots of us here. There's about 20 of us actually in church. Uh, I know most of them, but not all of them know each other. Um, But about five years ago, I uh, I stopped using the ute that I had for a long time, and I gave it to my son, and um, I started using our old uh, family car, Kia Sorento, as my work car. It's a little bit different than a ute, and I just fold the seats down and threw the tools in the back, and I thought, just a bit temporary, till I work out what I'm going to do. That's what I did, but it's been five years, and uh, that's... Typical of me if you know me very well and I just went rolling with it and COVID hit and all that sort of stuff. And uh, But about two years ago, the air con stopped working. Mm. So you know what I did? I thought, oh, I'm going to move it on soon, not worrying about it. Just, oh. Well, it's been at least two summers and uh, I've kind of just sort of pushed through Went old school, shirt off, window down. Um <laughs> That's what you do, you know. And I uh, just put up with it and just went with it. And um, but the air conditioner worked. It came out cold, but it had to put your face right up against the thing. It hardly blew out, you know. And I thought, oh, a motor's blown up or something. A fan, you know, it's probably something big deal. And uh, and then Cody, who's my third son, works for me. He's a fourth-year apprentice, and uh, and he's I've been sending him on jobs by himself. And about a month ago, he said, uh, Dad. I just want to tell you, your aircon is, um, it's, it's crap <laughs> and um, next time it's going to be a hot day, I'm going to take my own car, I'm going to put tools in my own car and I'm going to drive my own car and I thought, oh, all right, okay, I probably should do something about it and so I googled, why would my air conditioner not be blowing very strong and uh, you know what came up? It said, change the cabin filter and I thought, no, it can't be right. So, where's the cabin filter? I Google that. It's behind the glove box. It took me about a minute to pull the glove box out. I pull the cabin filter out, and it's black. Dense, full of just junk, just from the environment outside. And I turn the car on without the filter in there, and guess what? It's blowing a gale. Man, what an idiot. For two years, I've had no aircon because the stupid filter was blocked. Just putting up with it. Whatever, and it takes my son or someone else to say, "Hey, this is not right. Why don't you fix it?" Okay, and uh, and so uh, uh, James Parker gave me a couple because I was telling him the story, and I hadn't even finished the story. And he said, "Was your cabin filter blocked?" <laughs> yeah. So that's the cabin filter. It's a dirty one. He gave me another one as well. Yeah, and he's yeah. So obviously, I'm sure there's mechanics in here. You would know, change the cabin filter, but you know, and it stops the. It's got leaves and stuff in it. And, and that happens why it's stopping the, all the stuff from the environment, the crap from outside, getting into the areas that shouldn't have crap in them, yeah? And, and so that's what the cabin filter does, and we should change it regularly. And uh, so today I'm talking about living in the kingdom, but I want to talk about filters. I want to talk about fruit. I don't want to talk about flourishing in the kingdom of God. Now, sometimes we don't change our filter, and we become a Christian and we enter the kingdom of God, but we've still got the same filter that we had before. That our filter in our life hasn't changed, so our past hurts and all the things that have happened to us and the environment that we live in just keeps clogging up the filter. Sometimes we try and even change our own filter, yeah. And uh, you know, there's a verse here, Romans 12:2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. He's good, pleasing, and perfect Well I love this. Not conform. Well, that's what I was doing with no air con. I was conforming to my environment, just adapting, taking my shirt off, thinking, oh, well, this is my lot until I move this on, you know? And that's what we do in life, isn't it? We just put up with what we have, and this is how it's been. This is how it is, and it's all good. I think something's broken. Not really sure what. It's probably a big deal, so I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to put it in the corner. Yeah. That's a little deal. It's something little yeah. to people who know, yeah. like God, <laughs> he, the king. He knows. He can tell us. Yeah? And how different it is when, if we keep changing our own filter, but how different it is if we let Jesus be our filter. When he's the filter, he doesn't blog up. He doesn't clog up from the stuff around us. It's completely different. So why not come to him? And I hope that not only are you thinking you're going to go and check your cabin filter when you get home, but maybe you'll check your own personal filter today and say, God, what are you telling me is clogged up in my life? I want to think like you. If only we could think like God, wouldn't that be great? Well, in 1 Corinthians 2, it talks a lot about the Holy Spirit and misunderstanding and not knowing and all that sort of stuff, but we know things of God because the Holy Spirit's in us and in verse 16, this is the last verse in that chapter, it says, As the scripture said, who knows the mind of the Lord? Like we're thinking now, oh man, how a great would it be to know what the Lord's thinking. Who is able to give him advice? Well, I don't want to give him advice. I want him to be in me. So it says, we, however, have the mind of Christ. Wow. We're talking about kingdom living. We're talking about living in the kingdom. We have the mind of Christ. Not just me or Pastor Jack or we, us. Have the mind of Christ. Oh, if only that could be our filter, yeah? Mm. I love it. Filtering in the things that happen. You know, um, sometimes we can have life. It's stuff from the outside. People say stuff to us. Maybe we say things to ourselves. But what does Jesus say about us and what's happening in our environment? That's what I want in my life. And I hope that's what you want as well. Yeah. Um a filtering system stops the outside environment penetrating deep. You know, sometimes in our thoughts, if they if they just here, that's okay because that's the filtering system. But when it gets deep into my heart and starts affecting other areas, then that changes. You know, um, if we have uh, unforgiveness, so you know, it ends up being bitterness in my heart. Yeah. So, what comes in here, and I want this to be Christ's thoughts into the situation that I'm having in my life. Um, there's a passage in uh, in Isaiah 61. I, I love it. And I'm going to read 1 to 4 in a second. But it's actually the passage that Jesus stands up in the, in the temple uh, in a few of the, the uh, Gospels. It says that he's handed the, the scroll of the, the prophet Isaiah, and he reads this. Okay, So I'm going to read it out of Isaiah, though. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour, They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. I love this passage. And it says that he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to them. And he said, today, this prophecy has been fulfilled in your hearing. Meaning that this prophecy is about him, Jesus, yeah? Uh, So I love that. So this is the guy that we have the mind of. But I love the huge exchange that's happening here. He's giving... For negative things, he's giving positive things, which is what the filter should do. Yeah. Taking in negative things, but giving back positive things, yeah? See that he's proclaiming good news to the poor. Yeah. He's, he's binding up or bandaging the brokenhearted. Yes, Lord. Proclaiming freedom for captives, release from darkness for prisoners. This is an exchange happening here, and he's doing it for us. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, comforting all who mourn, providing for those who grieve, bestowing on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning. This is, you know, exchange stuff happening. But I love this. It says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. You know, trees are fascinating things. Uh, I'm not a gardener. I'm uh, well, not a good gardener anyway, but um, I do like my garden. But um, the thing you notice about oak trees are they're a big tree, right? Could have used palm trees. Could use olive trees? There's other trees in the Bible, sycamore trees. There's other trees, yeah? But it's just oak trees here. And I just thought, so an oak tree is a huge tree. And when there's a huge tree above the ground, there's a huge tree under the ground in its root system, yeah? So pretty well just as big as it is on top is how big it is underneath. It's so amazing, a bit like us, that what people see is this, but what's under the surface is different, yeah? It's almost the same. And uh, And so we generally know a little bit about us. People around us see a little bit less. But surely if Jesus is... We've had the mind of Christ, and He is who He said He is. He's this guy that we just read about. Surely He knows what's under the surface in our root system, yeah? But the root system in a tree is the filtering system. Isn't that funny? And so, what filters through the roots that no one sees is ends up being helping what people see. I, I have a, a quote's going to come up on the screen about. I just googled in about oak trees and. Uh, Yeah, it says, a single mature oak, for example, is able to transpire or take water from the roots into the the leaves. More than 40,000 gallons or 151 litres of water in a year, meaning that's how much water flows from its roots to its leaves, which release water as vapor back into the air. The rate of transpiration varies during the year, but 40,000 gallons averages out to about 109 gallons a day, which is 420 litres of water a day out of an oak tree. I thought that was fascinating. That, it's, that's what it's doing for the environment, putting water back into the environment. I, I did read a couple other things, so I didn't want to make it facts, but not just oak trees, but trees in general. Uh, along a watering system, like a stream or river, clean it out, but 75 to 85% of the pollutants out of the water, they'll take into the tree and put water back into the system to clean out the system. Is that not what we should be like if we got Jesus as our filtering system? If Jesus is our root system in our life, the things that hold us steady, surely the environment around us should start to get a little bit cleaner. You would hope that we could absorb some of the pollutants in because we got Jesus and not everyone in our life, maybe our family, maybe our workspace, whatever, probably needs a little bit of cleaning. Could we not allow Jesus to be our filter that helps the people around us? Uh, like I said, uh, um, I'm not a great gardener, but I do like my garden and I have some nice trees in my garden. Um, in COVID, I, um, I planted a protea tree. It was about this high in a garden that was all overgrown. And of course, we had to stay at home. I did little home projects. So, um, and I, I cleaned out the whole garden of all the weeds, got rid of it all, put some new soil in there. And I bought this little protea tree. But now, 18 months later, it's taller than me. And as wide as it is tall... It's got beautiful flowers on it, which is surely as the gardener, as the, the guy that planted it, which we're talking about oats of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, that God's planting us. He's surely tending our garden, right? If he's the guy. And I know that I'd go down there nearly every day, every second day and get, oh, some weeds there. I'll pull the weeds out. Oh, I, I don't know this, something's damaged the tree because possums do that to our trees. But, you know, but, but try to look after it, you know, because that's what a gardener would do. Now In contrast, I don't have another tree in my garden that I didn't plant, and it's over on the side of our yard, and uh, we have a, a, a mesh fence there. You know, you can see through it, and it's grown up out of a little brick wall, and then it's grown through the fence. You know, and it's a tree, and it's a fruit tree. I didn't know what type of fruit tree for a bit, so I left it there, thinking, "Oh, see where it comes," and uh, it's it's had fruit a couple of times now. It's a nectarine. Yeah. Oh, that's good that some people like nectarines. We aren't a nectarine family. Um, So, but that's okay. Uh, The tree's kind of nice. And, but because we're not a nectarine family, I haven't looked after it. I haven't even bothered to think, oh, I should tend to that. I've just sort of let it go. Sorry, narrowly, And, uh, you know, and, but the thing is, I don't tend it, but it still gets fruit on it. But guess what? The fruit's Yuck. Well, because I don't do stuff to it. Like the, the fruit is always a bit funky. Snails eat it. Birds come and eat bits and pieces of it. You know, all that sort of stuff. And so it's always got yucky fruit, okay? But the fruit on my protea tree is the flowers that are beautiful, that I can cut and look good, yeah? So in my own garden, not as a good gardener, I have a contrast there. But sometimes us, and we talked about filters, and we're still talking about filters too, but the fruit, sometimes we can have bad fruit on our tree, Because the filter's got problems, yeah? And so we have some nice fruit that we want everyone to see, but oh, don't look around the other side of it because there's some really funky fruit there that you probably don't want. And it's because we haven't tended to what's happening in the root, but we don't know what to do. Well, Jesus does, so let him be the filter, right? Um, Galatians uh, 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and I'm going to read in 19 to 25... Uh, It's talking about the the fruits of having the spirit in in us, the Holy Spirit. And so it starts off with the the negative fruit. It says, um, What human nature does is quite plain. It shows itself in in, uh, immoral, filthy and indecent actions, in worship of idols and witchcraft. People become enemies and they fight. They become jealous, angry and ambitious. They separate into parties and groups. They are envious, get drunk, have orgies and do other things like these. I warn you now, as I have before, that those who do these things will not possess the kingdom of God. Okay, so that's the bad fruit that we don't want to see in our tree. But the Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. There is no law against such things as these. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have put to death the human nature with all its passions and desires. The Spirit has given us life. He must also control our lives. Okay, so cool. So he's got good fruit, bad fruit. Now, if you're seeing bad fruit in your tree, the other things, well, let's start working out why. Maybe some of the bad fruit you see isn't some of those things said there. It's pretty general. Maybe sometimes we see anger. Anger is not a root problem. It's a fruit problem. We get angry because of something else in our life. Yeah. Because of our thought life is something different. And so maybe it's because we feel rejected. So we act out angrily or maybe because of hurt. We act out angrily. Yeah. Anxiety sometimes can be a fruit, anxiety is not, we're anxious because of something else, yeah? So there's fruit and root problems. Let's, If we can pull the fruit off, like look at, on the tree in my house, I can I'd cut the old fruit off, but the next year the same fruit comes. Yeah. It just takes a little while for it to come back again, <laughs> and then i got to cut it off again, and it's this constant cycle, yeah. yeah? But if I really wanted to have good fruit, why wouldn't I tend to the tree, yeah? Which is what we should let Jesus do as a gardener, and if we are a planting of the Lord, let's do that. Um, yeah, you know, for me, and I'll share a, my own personal story. Uh, yeah, I was someone that was always anxious. Uh, every now and then it comes up a little bit, but I then got to just think, hang on, I've got to think like Jesus. But I remember asking Jesus that question Jesus, where did, why am I anxious about these things? And I know He took me to a memory that I knew, all right? So I'm opening myself up here. Hopefully you can be okay with that. And, uh, and he took me to a memory that I knew when I was very little. It was actually the memory that people would say, how back, how back can you remember? And I remember I was just walking, so I was pretty young. And, uh, and so I was a little kid. I get off the, the lounge at this house that wasn't my house. And, uh, and then I see a girl that I, I knew, but it's a teenager girl. She came and picked me up, and she gave me a biscuit and a drink. That doesn't sound that bad, does it? But as Jesus started to... That was the memory I always remembered, which is good, Yes? But as Jesus started to reveal to me in the memory, my mum had left me there asleep to be minded by this girl. And she's left. And so I wake up. Guess what? Not a happy place. I'm really sad. (laughs) Anxious. Where's my mum? I'm freaking out, right? And then the girl comes gets me and stops me from freaking out. But guess what? That brought anxiety into my life and I started to, God started to pattern through my life where different situations had happened. But because of that filter there, these other things started happening into my life where I would act out or respond because of the anxiety you know, of, of that, of thinking that my mom, if I can't see my mum, then obviously she's left me, which is ridiculous. My mum's still in my life now. It sounds ridiculous, but when the filter's full... You make it differently. So then as, it, as I get into becoming an adult and I'm married, guess what? The person who now is the most prominent female in my life, I start acting out differently because of this thing that happened when I was very, very young. Wow. Dirty fielders bring bad fruit. We want good fruit. And when we we allow Jesus to come and, and minister those things to us, I have to struggle to actually tell you that memory like that because the memory that I see is Jesus sitting with me on the lounge and I don't even wake up. I just stay there peaceful. That's the memory that I have in my heart now and in my mind because Jesus came and was the filter and the filter is that I'm never left alone. Jesus is always with me. So I don't have to worry. I don't have to have anxiety because the picture I see is him sitting right next to me Hand on me. I feel safe, not anxious. I don't feel worried. I feel peaceful. Now, isn't that what we want from our life when we start to feel anxious? Or, Hang on, that's not how God would want me to think. Jesus, help me. And if you can't work that out, then talk to Him or have someone that you trust help you have a conversation with Jesus to work out what's happened. Why is this fruit coming on my tree? We're talking about filters, we're talking about fruit. And I want to talk about flourishing in the kingdom. You know, um, in uh, Matthew 13, um, Jesus shares a parable, and he actually shares this in a few of the Gospels as well. But he says, uh, Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because of the soil was shallow, But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant. Still other seed fell on good soil, which produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. That sounds good, doesn't it? That's flourishing. Later on in the the, um, chapter, in verse 18, Jesus explains the parable. He says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, kingdom living here, And doesn't understand that the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what is sown. Beautiful. You know, I love this passage, but you realise that um, I would hope that most of us are the fourth soil. Well, reality is there's probably some people like that. There's probably a couple of people who are the other two soils, but most of us are probably the third soil. That when we became a Christian... The word fell into the thorns of our life and the weeds that were in the garden of our life. That makes it tough. In this passage, it says that the plant grew, but there was no fruit. Wow. Not many of us have a nicely you know, um, sown garden like my protea tree had that I came down every day. We have some seed that fell in there and grew up, Yeah. The tree's okay. It just doesn't bear fruit. So I want to ask you a question today. Who pulls your weeds out? If that's us, weeds keep coming, but we already had weeds there. We already had thorns and stuff like that in the, in the garden that we are. Who pulls your seeds out? I would hope that it would be Jesus. We've got to allow him to. We've got to find ourselves in places that that'll happen. And I think as a church, we do that well. We give you the opportunity to say, here I am, God, this is my garden, pull the weeds out, help me. But you don't just do it once, you've got to keep doing it, yeah? We've got to have the right people in our life that pull weeds out as well. It's not anyone, you don't listen to things on Facebook, but have people that you trust, that you you respect. And that allow them to say, hey, this is probably a weed, let me help you pull this out. Let me regularly come and just check this out for you. Yeah? So we've got to have the right people. We've got to have Jesus in our life to pull the weeds out. Why? Because we want you to flourish. And God wants you to flourish in his garden. That's what that's why you have a garden. If you if you like I said, I'm not a great gardener, but I like my garden. And I like my garden to look good. I want it to. That's what Jesus would want for you. That's what living in the kingdom is. He would want you to flourish in life. As we close today, I I know we've talked about filters. Maybe you've realised today just in the Word that there's some dirty filters in your life. Some filters that not only you need to change, but you need to let Jesus come and change and be the filter. Maybe you've identified as we were talking that there's some dirty, yucky fruit on my tree. And maybe you've pulled it off before, but it came back. And you pulled it off again, and it came back again. You're thinking, this is just how I'm supposed to be. This is just what it's like. And you let Jesus come and tell you, I tend the root system of that so you have good fruit, yeah. Let him come and pull some weeds out so you can flourish in your life today. And I just want to pray for us. So let's close our eyes and we're going to allow Jesus to come and minister that. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I know that you know us better than we know ourselves. You know the deep inner thoughts of us, but you know even deeper than that, you know everything that's ever happened to me. Lord, I just ask that you would come and if you've identified just now, Lord God, that we've got dirty filters, I ask that you would come and you would exchange with us, just like you did in that Isaiah passage, Lord, you come and exchange with us our own filtering system for yours. Lord, if there's dirty, uh, bad fruit in my life, Lord God, show me where that came from. Show me why that's there. How come that keeps coming up? Give me some revelation, Lord God, because I know that uh, my thoughts, uh, your thoughts are my thoughts, that you can speak to me, Lord God. I know that I have the mind of Christ in me, so Lord, speak to me and show me and reveal to me where these bad fruits come from. And Lord, I just ask that you would come and pull some weeds out of our garden right now. Lord, let us walk out of here different. Let us walk out of here flourishing. with room to move, Lord God, for your splendour, that passage said. A planting of the Lord for the Lord's splendor. Lord God, we just ask that you would marvel at the garden that we are. Lord, we love you today. And we give you all the honor, Lord, that you deserve. King Jesus. Amen.